Welcome to another edition of the Liga Mekis Preview, brought to you by the Mexican Soccer Show. I'm your host, Cesar Hernandez, and today we're going to discuss America versus Tigres, the biggest storylines to look forward to in the Liga Mekis weekend, and much more. On this latest episode, I'm joined by two guests, and we'll start with Anthony from L3 Pod. Anthony, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for reaching out. I'm excited. So, Anthony, really quickly, for those who may not know, tell us a bit about, about your podcast. Uh, we get a little feisty on our podcast. It's Liga MX uh, <laughs> driven. So, um, and then we talk a little bit of MLS, mainly the San Jose Earthquakes, because we are based out of San Jose, California. Um, other than that, we do get passionate. We do yell at one another, but it's all in good fun. It's all about Liga MX. Nice, nice, nice. Loving your Liga MX Halloween photoshopping as well. That's been fantastic. <laughs> We just had an episode, so we try to spice it up a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we also have uh, Luis from Club Tigres English. Uh, thanks for joining us, Luis. Hey, thanks to, thanks for the invitation. Glad to be here. So, Luis, I mean, same question to you. I mean, tell us a bit about your account on Twitter that shares uh, content about Tigres. Well, as you know, I started doing Tigres in English a few years back. I closed my personal account and decided just to go straight with with Tigres content in English. I felt like there wasn't enough uh, people doing stuff in English for Tigres. And there's a lot of fans north of the border, especially in Texas, Houston area, San Antonio, Dallas, Austin. So I decided to put something together just to kind of form a little community of English speakers that, you know, pull for Tigres. And uh, just I tweet during the games and we just try to have fun with it. Yeah, I must have a love checking out yeah, your, your content during game days. It's definitely pretty valuable because sometimes, you know, with certain game days, you like, you're like, all right, like, this is my perspective, but let's see what Club Tigres English have to say about Gignac, Diente uh, Lopez. <laughs> I, I try to stay fair and balanced, but, oh, you do. Uh, you, you, do. Know, yeah. you know, I'm a big, I'm a big homer, big fan. <laughs> so, you know, it's always going to be slightly slanted to, towards Tigres. I mean, I think people could kind of figure that with the name Gloop Diggers English, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's let's start the pod. And the, the big, big focus for today is America versus Tigres. I mean, the game's on Sunday. It's it's I mean, I guess a good way of putting it, it's a rivalry that which isn't a rivalry. Uh, it, it pits the most successful team in Liga Mackey's history against the most successful team in recent Liga Mackey's history. And we'll start with you, Anthony. I mean, we, we, we brought you on the show because you're fandom to America I mean, we, we got to start with you. How, how, how are you feeling about this game? I'm a little concerned, to be honest with you. Uh, Vinas yeah. having COVID-19, it takes a big spark away from us. I mean, Henry Martin sometimes shows up and sometimes doesn't. I know we do get Ochoa back, but, you know, Jimenez was actually playing pretty well. So it was a kind of a toss-up. But I, I know we have to get Ochoa in rhythm for the Ligia. But, I mean, yeah, of course, I'm worried about Guignac, of course. Uh, I know we got uh, Emma Aguilera back. But, I mean, in the beginning of the season, Emma Aguilera was a guy that everyone wanted benched. If you're an America fan, you didn't want him on the field. But now we got him back, and he's like our best option, right? And he has to hold <laughs> Guignac. So, and Lupe uh, Fuentes on the left-hand side, he has to deal with the El, Diente, El Diente Lopez, who's having, I think, the best second half in anybody. So yeah, we're going to yeah. have to handle him one way or another. It's going to be difficult for sure. I'm a little worried, to be honest with you. Yeah, and before I go to Luis about Tigres, I actually want to ask you about Ochoa. Because if Ochoa is, in fact, healthy and ready, I mean, you brought it right there, do you immediately throw him in against Tigres? Or do you or do you stick with Oscar Jimenez? Or is, is it a risk to stick with Oscar Jimenez? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that goalkeeping situation there? 
I mean, he is a professional. I think he needs to get that momentum going. I mean, Ochoa was another guy in the beginning of the season that people wanted him bench for Oscar Jimenez. Yeah. I mean, Oscar Jimenez came in and I, you know, I applaud him. He's had a good, you know, games that he's played, but Ochoa is the main guy. He needs that confidence and against Tigres, against a team where, you know, the rivalry is getting big. I mean, people talk about this being a Clásico and for the next couple of years, you know, they have the the rivalry going. So I want to see Ochoa for sure. He needs to get that confidence. And that's the guy that we, we count on. And I think him seeing Talavera and what a great season he's having, I think it's another chip on his shoulder, right? He now yeah. Talavera's being the guy being called the number one goalkeeper for Mexico. Ochoa wants to be that guy. So fired up and i hope he gets the star and he gets that confidence most definitely most definitely and, and, and Luis, let's let's go to you on this i mean i feel like america fans they're justified uh, you know to, to have these you know kind of like uh, hesitant feelings about this game but i feel like these fans i i think they might be a little bit more confident you're seeing this i mean i, I, I you have to call it usual it's this usual late season dominance it's just what how's the thing is you can you could have predicted, I think a lot of us could have predicted, be like, oh, they're going to have some problems at first, and then they'll figure it out. And that's just what's been happening recently. So are you, even though it's up against America, are you immediately assuming that they're going to get a win here? Or are you more skeptical because of the opposition? It's it's funny how things swing. I mean, if you would have asked me nine weeks ago, <laughs> I was like super down on Thigitis. We were looking <laughs> terrible. And I would have said, you know, this would have been a really tough matchup. But Right now, we're coming in red hot, and we've, we've done what we do every season, just about, where we finish strong. Everybody's healthy for the most part. So, yeah, we're pretty confident. Uh, this, Having said that, though, this is a big rivalry game. I think it's turned into one of the premier matchups in the league. Uh, it's not, you know, a classical like Aldo Farias and some of the guys are saying, but <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely a rivalry game. I think both teams get up because they know there's a lot of big names on the field. Uh, you know, I think yeah. it's one of those guys, one of those games that the players pencil in at the beginning of the season knowing, hey, we're playing America. There's going to be a lot of lights on and it's going to be a great game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident because there's a lot of guys playing well right now. Um, you guys mentioned Diente Lopez, the guy's on fire. And I think he's going to continue to play well. Uh, Gignac, you know, is always going to be a threat. Uh, Nahuel is playing great between the posts. So we've got a lot of talent. I feel like one thing that's hurting America is the injuries. Yeah. And so we might be able to exploit some of those injuries. I think Piojo, uh, Piojo has been having to make a lot of rotations due to injuries. And even sometimes guys playing out of their spots which, you know, creates issues with chemistry on the field. So I think Tigres has a chance to exploit some of those weaknesses. I think we can score. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see how, how well Ochoa plays. I think he's going to get a shot at it. And hopefully we, we can put a couple goals there in there. But we'll see. Could potentially be uh, the, the 50th or 51st rival that America is going to have because they seem to have no lack of... Uh, <laughs> Well, when, you, reason. <laughs> when you're the big dog in the league, you know, everybody, everybody tries to play you tough, you know, <laughs> well, mass, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, how do you, how do you feel? I mean, do you, I think, I guess we all recognize the injury issues that, that America have had, but do, I mean, from, from my perspective, I'm, I'm saying this as a neutral, I, I think that America has had scoring problems. I'm saying this obviously 
you know, knowing that they put two past Leon, they put two past Pumas. And though those aren't, especially against Pumas, it's not easy to get two goals past them. But I feel like outside of those games, if we're looking in recent months, since I guess since early September, I feel like every time I watch them, they've been involved in like low scoring draws and wins. Do you feel like America should be doing a little bit better in the attack here? I feel like there's something a little off about them, right? There's, there's, I mean, there's, 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 yeah. I mean, America always goes out and buys attackers. I mean, they pretty <laughs> yeah. much don't bring any defenders in. And this is last minute. I'm Fuentes, they called them back up, right? I mean, nobody wanted Fuentes to go and get them. But offensively, yeah, I mean, Roger Martinez started the first six games. He, we don't see him. He didn't even get called into the Atlas game where Piojo pulled out a defender and brought in offense because we needed those three points against Atlas. So yeah. Roger Martinez was nowhere to be found. Again, I mean, Vinas is another guy who... Missed a lot of opportunities against Atlas. Henry Martin, like I said, was nowhere to be found. And Henry Martin is a big piece for them. Yeah. He's a guy that you leave in there because, I mean, you know, five minutes out of the game, he's going to shine, right? He might come up with something. He might score. But, yeah, you're right. Cordova, again, started hot in, hot in the beginning of the season. And he's died down, too. And he's a guy that created that creates a lot. Benedetti, when he was starting to pick up his game, and that was a huge pick-me-up for America, for him to go down was actually very depressing as a fan because of the game that he was getting, and he yeah. was creating a lot for the team. So, um, yeah, high concerns for sure. Offensively, yes. But, um, I mean, we have guys that create, and I think the offense goes on what Cordova can do. I think with this, with the formation that they might be running is the same formation they ran against Chivas when, when Vinas was out. And that's more of a 4-2-1 um, or 3-1 and having Henry Martin up top. Hopefully, if Henry Martin is able to control that ball, hold possession, allow this team to push up, we might have some chances. But, I mean, the concern, too, for Tigre, I said, you know, Salcedo, who was playing very well before COVID, comes back, you know, created a foul, almost got a penalty. So... I mean, that might be something that we might look forward to, but I mean, there's a lot of concerns for America. I mean, I think if we're gonna if we're gonna look at, I mean, here's the thing: it's I think it's once again from a neutral perspective, I can honestly find more issues with America than Tigres. But if the thing is, if I was to find a problem with Tigres, it would be their last game. So I mean, I mean, just Luis, your thoughts on this? Because for me, that the narr the narrative, you know, would be so much easier to say that oh, Tigres are the favorites, they're just the most dominant team in Liga Mekis. You know, could have potentially gotten six wins in a row, but they didn't. They got a one to one draw with Juarez. I mean, what should we make of that, right? Like that's that's not. I mean, is is that is? I mean, you watched the game. Was that a typical Duca ball situation where it's just like they would assume they're going to get a one nothing win or like? I feel like that's not exactly the best result there. What happened, what I saw in, in the in the game was Duca had started to go with that three-man back line for the, all those games we were winning. So he was playing, you know, either Ayala, Reyes, and Salcedo in the back or a mixture of the three. And he was using Aquino further back more of as a, as a wing back mm -hmm. with Chaka on the, on the right side. And that was giving him a lot of results. Tigres was playing really well. And for some reason against Juarez, Duca decided to go back to what we were running in like week four, which was moving like Duenas. It's like a 3 5 Duenas 2, right? Left. Or like, yeah. Well, he moved Duenas back to left back, which he doesn't play very well at. And it's not his position. The guy has always been a midfielder. He does well out of his spot. So he can play left back, right back. He can mix it up. He can play at the five, at the eight, but he hasn't looked well all season playing as a left back. And for some mm -hmm. reason, he decided 
let's move Duenas back to left back and push Aquino further up as a as a winger. Mm-hmm. And Aquino just hasn't looked that great when he's that far up. Yeah, and so agree, agree. immediately, I think the players just sensed that he had kind of let the foot off the pedal a little bit. Because yeah. when you have, when you're able to pull Aquino back and have Leo Fernandez, Diente Lopez, Gignac up top, it just gives you so many opportunities to score from, from different spots. Either either going from the wings in, or even mm-hmm. just straight up the middle, mm-hmm. and and for some reason that lineup that he where he insists on playing Duenas in the back, and Aquino, I mean, and Carioca and uh, Pizarro mm-hmm. as center mids, it just hasn't worked. To me, yeah. Yeah. you want to play Duenas and Carioca as center mids and drop Pizarro down more of a sweeper, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and let and let the, that allows the the wing backs to to really move up. When you when you allow Chaka to move up and make crosses into the box, it really makes Tigres look different. And I think that's that's the winning formula. And I think that's what he, I'm hoping he'll use against America. Yeah. And be- before I get, I mean, I, I think we should look over to the other games and uh, look at some of the other big matches. Because I mean, I think a lot of League of Mackey's fans are looking at the, the schedule and recognize that there's a lot of big games this weekend. But before I get your guys' predictions, I got to ask one more question for you, Luis. I mean. Diente Lopez, is he a better player in the starting 11 or off the bench in the second half? Well, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's tough because he's been so great coming off the bench. Uh, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, if he continues at his spark. pace, he's, he might be the best player of the season. I'm saying if he continues at this <laughs> pace, it's ridiculous. At this point, you have to start the guy. I mean, he's been our best player these last three, four weeks. And uh, and I don't see why you would put him in the bench and then just let him play the last 20 minutes of the game. Yeah. But he's I don't know what Thuka does to him when he puts him on the bench that as soon as he comes in as a sub, he just sparks us. I don't know if it upsets, gets him upset that he has to, like, <laughs> sit on the bench for a while and then just comes in roaring. But he's really been awesome off the bench. But at this point, you have to start the guy. He's, he's playing okay. amazing ball. All right, all right. So let's go to some predictions here, Anthony. Predictions for this game, man. Uh, <laughs> five nothing like... win America. Is that what you just said? All right, I Anthony wish, said five nothing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I actually see this as a high scoring game, to be honest with you. Okay, um, all right. But not, but not going in the way of America. And instead of saying, I really don't want to say it, but I, I have think it is going three to two. Okay. Okay. Luis, what are your thoughts? I'm gonna go Tigres three one. Okay. Okay. I mean that's. That's kind of what I'm leaning towards, especially since, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Anthony. Here, I just, I, I'm just not that confident. America's back line, I just don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't trust America's back line. The Eagles are just, <laughs> just you. I mean, you could literally write the script. The script is they get to struggle at first, and then they're just like, yeah, we should start stepping up a little bit in the second half of the season. And we've been seeing that consistently in the recent games. I would even say with that one-to-one draw with Quades, I mean, it's just. I feel like that would be too much of a worry because the reason why you wouldn't worry is you would look at their previous five games, which are all five wins in a row in which they didn't allow a goal. So, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry for Medica fans. I hope, I mean, maybe I'm proven wrong here, but yeah, this, this looks like, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm not going to go with a, as many goals as you guys are going with, but I'll go with a two, nothing win here uh, for Thigris. All right. All right. Let's move on to uh, Pumas versus Chivas. 
So it'll be on Halloween. Uh, th it'll be this Saturday. And I got to ask, uh, I, I mean, I guess I have to go with Anthony because even though this is an audio only pod, uh, you have your video on and you've got some you got some spooky decorations going on there in the background. So <laughs> so will Chivas provide some spooky moments for Pumas or well, you know, Pumas just kind of brush off these goats with ease? I mean, Pumas had some spooky moments against Pachuca. I don't know yeah, how they got out of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chivas up top when, you know, when they want to play Antuna, Brizuela and Vega, they can create something up top. I know Macias won't be in this game. I know they just ruled him out because of a leg injury. Correct. But correct. Macias hasn't been the guy. You know, he we hasn't been in rhythm. Well, Pumas of the Crypt Keeper, which is known as uh, Talavera. <laughs> That's and true. Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and for me, Talavera's probably been the best player in Liga MX. I, him and, you know, Nico would probably be the two best guys of Liga MX that I can, you know, point out. But I think uh, Chivas, and, you know, countering-wise, Pumas, when they do their corners, when they do their free kicks, they push up everyone. Oh, yeah. And Pachuca countered them so many times, but they just couldn't yeah. finish. And I think Chivas is better, you know, up top, you know, defensively. They're not the worst, but they're not the best. I think they've been, I guess, semi-solid, I would say, but not the best. Um, uh, we'll see. We'll see what Chivas can do. But I think Pumas had a little bit of luck this season. They've uh, been able to squeak, squeak get some points out. But I give it to Talavera. You know, he's been great. I mean, he's been ab I think I've, I feel like now it's just... The theme of every League of Mechies preview is that, like, I just bring up Talavera at some point and I just praise him and just like, oh, what a fantastic <laughs> player. I thought he was in the twilight of his career, but now I guess he's going to be starting for us in 2026. And, like, I guess it'll be fine if Talavera is going to be 40-something with Talavera. <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking here. But, Luis, <laughs> your thoughts on this, Pumas versus Chivas, is it going to be, are we going to have another uh, master clash from Talavera? Are we going to see... Chivas doing all right without Macias, you know, as Anthony mentioned, you know, Macias is going to be, I mean, as ESPN uh, reported earlier today, he, he's going to be uh, out of this match. I'm going to go with the hot take here. I think this is going to be the most boring game of the week. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be really low scoring and Talavera's just possessed right now, man. I mean, he's just, not, he's just on fire. He's yeah. in such great shape. Uh, I don't see Chivas scoring much on him. I think it's going to be either a 1-0 or possibly even a 0-0 game. Uh, yeah. I just I just don't think there'll be a lot of scoring there. That Chivas, I, I just don't like them in the final third. They just don't. Yeah. They don't seem to be clicking. They don't generate a lot of scoring opportunities. I think they've scored five goals in the last five or six games. So... They did put three past uh, Atlas, but then again, it's Atlas. So yeah, and that's that's actually what's bumping up the stat. You know, uh, <laughs> they've laid a bunch of goose eggs, and so I don't, I don't, I don't like this this matchup. Um, the the top three players up top for Chivas against Talavera. I just think Talavera will win out, and I think it's going to be a low scoring one. Yeah, no, I I feel like I I might be leaning towards that. I mean, just. I think the issue is, I mean, I'm asking you guys to make predictions and I myself make predictions, but if there's anything that you know about Liga Mekis is to predict the unpredictable. You know, that's just, just kind of like the standard theme within uh, Liga Mekis. But when it comes to, to Chivas, I am also a little worried about them. You know, I, I feel like they won't be able to get anything past Bumas. Uh, they won't, I guess I should say, won't be able to get anything past Salavetta. But then when you look at Bumas, it's just like, it's like three draws in the last four games, you know, just just one win. And I feel like they 
do rely on Talavera, but then again, I'm also the kind of person who says that like the goalkeeper is still a, a part of the starting eleven. You know, you can't ignore a goalkeeper and say like, oh, just because he's made a bunch of saves, that means the team is playing poorly. It's like, no, the goalkeeper is still a part of that eleven. But yeah, and I I I also see this as a as a very uh, low scoring game, and I'm thinking it might it it, it won't be spooky. There you go. If I if I if I if my question earlier today was if Chiefs could provide some spooky moments, I'd don't think it'll be too spooky, but at the same time, I think it's going to probably be a probably going to be a draw here. I know, I know if you guys have any, have any other final thoughts about Pumas versus Chivas uh, before we move on to Monterrey versus Cruz Azul. Anthony, any any other final thoughts? No, no, I agree with Luisa. Little to no chances. Hopefully, someone can finish, but we'll see. All right, let's move on to Monterrey versus Cruz Azul. Another match during Halloween. I mean. Luis, we're going to go to you on this just because I know you love Monterrey so much based off your background that says Esto es Tigres, the background. So I know you're a big fan of the, big fan of the Rayados. So this uh, is probably the, the only time of year I'll be pulling for Cruz Azul. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Monterrey, I, I mean they're, they're Monterrey on a roll, but I mean, I, I feel like they can't do anything against a team like Cruz Azul, right? Monterrey is coming in hot and they're starting to click. Last, what, three, four games, they've, pl- they've been playing well. Uh, it's, I think this is going to be one of the better games of the week. I yeah, think it'll, yeah. it'll be well played. There'll be a lot of scoring chances both ways. I don't like that Rayado's back line. I think there's, they still mm-hmm. have a lot of holes back there. I think Cabecita can exploit some of those weaknesses. Cruz Azul can sit back well and, and counter. They can play, play well with the ball. So I think they'll, they'll have scoring chances. But on the other end, Rayados has a lot of weapons too. So I think it's going to be one of those exciting games that's going to go back and forth. Uh, ultimately, I think I'm going to give a slight edge to Cruz Azul. So oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go three two Cruz Azul on that one. Oh, okay. I mean, here's the thing: is like, yeah, I do agree that the Rayados have been doing well recently. You're just like, oh, is this sleeping giant that? I guess it's a better way of putting it, is that they've been in hibernation since uh, twenty, like the beginning of twenty twenty. You know, are they, are they are they finally starting to wake up? And like you, you because like what I like what I did uh, earlier today, I was looking at them. I was like, oh wow, like they have four wins in a row in all competitions. But then you look at their opponents. Like, all right, they beat Querétaro, they beat Puebla, they beat Mazatlan, they beat Cholos and Copa and the Copa Mekis. And it's just like, all right, is this, are they actually making significant progress here? Or are they just <laughs> going up against easy teams? I don't. I, I, I don't know. Anthony, your, your your thoughts on this match, whether it be regarding Cruzul, whether it be Rayales, but potentially you think Rayales are just going through a, a couple of uh, or a few. I'm not, I shouldn't even say a couple, just like a few easy opponents here. Yeah, you don't know what roster you're going to get from Mohamed. I mean, there's switches yeah. in every single game, up top, in the middle. Abres Hurtado yeah. comes back. It's really hard to to predict the lineup that he's going to have in the formation that he wants Agreed. to run. Statistically, statistically, Monterrey is a counterattacking team. Cruz Azul, when they first started off in the beginning of the season, they're a counterattacking team. So I would have said if they came in the way that they were supposed to, this would have been the most boring game. But, you know, I feel Cruz Azul is also switching it up a little bit. You know, Caraglio getting the start last week. You know, Cabecita didn't really perform well until Caraglio kind of left, right? Allowing uh, Cabecita to kind of attack by his, on his own up there, which what is what he likes. But Monterrey, on the other hand, I mean, you have they have a lot of weapons, right? And Nico has come out and said, you know, we don't have an identity. And that still speaks a lot because they're dangerous. But again, the opponents that, that you brought up, of course, I mean, they're points that they need to get and they've gotten. But I agree to Luis's point. Their back line, 
Nico has yeah, been yeah. you know ball watching a lot. I see yeah. him looking just letting the play develop and not really much doing anything. Cesar Montes, who's been, you know, a lot of European teams have, you know have been watching him and so on and so forth. The confidence is just not there. Like he couldn't even clear the ball last weekend against Mazatlan, which caused a lot of errors back there. So it's it's hard to see. I mean, offensively, of course, these two teams can score. But Cruz Azul, on the other hand, or Belín Pineda, kind of disappears on big games. Like, yes, last week, he didn't have the greatest game either. So, I mean, and then they have a lot of weapons, Cruz Azul, too, but they haven't been able to really, you know, put it together. Alvarado coming off the bench, which was a guy that was starting last year. You know, he's not getting the decent minutes, but he still gets called up to the U-20s, you know, Mexico national team. They still have faith in him. Yeah, you know, Yotun, I think, started off really well. He got, got you know, benched a little bit, but he came back. He's playing very well. Elias Hernandez is another guy who was really big for them last year, not being able to get those minutes, the confidence under them, but... Um, this could be an exciting game. I see them at getting a draw at 2-2, though. I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, I feel like one name we have yet to bring up is Pablo Aguilar. I mean, oh, he's yes. back. Yes, Returned from true. injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was actually, I think there was, uh, there was, he mentioned recently to me, I think he said that, like, he was thinking about retiring after his latest injury, uh, which luckily he did not do because he's, I mean, here's the guy. Like, I, I was, I got a chance to watch him over here uh, in the San Diego area when he played for Cholos. That dude's just a beast. He's an absolute beast. <laughs> just like, just like winning every, like every single duel. And like, yeah, we might have to give the dude some time. Like, we're not gonna expect him to be at his absolute best, you know, week in, week out now. But I think that's a significant boost uh, to Cruz Azul. I think he's the most competitive guy in Liga MX. Even when he, he played is. with America and America couldn't score, you see him up to, up top trying to play forward and put it away. And he he would. He would beat you in the air all the time. So uh, yeah. you're right. It'll be nice to see him if Jansen plays because they're both physical players. So for them uh, to go fun, at yeah. it would be pretty cool to see. And Cabecita Rodriguez. I mean, he's. I mean, <laughs> you, you, he, he, got, he scored a couple goals. And when he's scoring, obviously, they can help compensate for any potential issues that Cruces will have. I know I, I agree with what a lot of you guys were saying that just like there are a number, not number, I guess I shouldn't say number, but just there are select few or I guess noteworthy Cruces players where you feel like ah, they weren't performing at the level that they were at last year, but still like that doesn't matter if Gavacita is scoring twice in a game, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if you have a Pablo Aguilar, you know, Nakata Dominguez who are doing well, and if you have a Gavacita who's doing who's scoring goals, and if you have a, a Santi Jimenez who's, I mean, I guess right now looks like he could potentially be stepping off the bench, you know, even though he Romo too, right? Yeah, Luis Romo, Luis Romo, fantastic player. Uh, that that that's enough to that's enough to carry to potential win here. So, yeah, so I, I think that'll be that'll be interesting, but we'll we'll see uh, how that one goes. But uh, really quickly, we gotta we gotta talk about Leon versus Santos. I mean. I feel bad for Santos fans. Uh, I mean, the reason why we're bringing this up is because we got to talk about Leon. I mean, it's just, I mean, I mean, I, I guess here's a question. I mean, and, and we'll, uh, we'll go over to Luis on this. I mean, I mean, Leon have games against Santos and then the Luca. I know Santos could be a little tricky. The Luca, I'm, I don't know what to make of them, but will, will, will Leon make it seven and then eight games in a row without, uh, with wins? Is is, is is that ridiculous to say that we, they could potentially finish the season with two wins in a row, which will make it eight wins in a row in total, just because they've been looking absolutely dominant? They look fantastic. I think uh, from start to finish, that's the one team that's been the most balanced 
probably the best coach team in the league as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Nacho Ambriz doesn't get a lot of credit. Does He's not a huge name, but if you look at the way the team plays, it's very balanced. They're, they defend so well, but they're also able to put up points. Um, I think they're, the team is kind of like Nacho Ambriz, where they're low-key. Even though they do have a lot of good players, they just don't get a lot of recognition. You don't hear them in the press a lot. But, for example, how good has Montes been? Yeah. The guy the yeah. guy's dominating yeah. the midfield. Yeah. Uh, you got guys like Mena, Jairo Moreno, Tecillo, Barreiro. I mean, they're they're playing well. And I, I could they're easily gonna surpass the forty points this year. Uh, I don't yeah. see them I don't even though Santos is coming in playing relatively well for what they showed early in the season, I don't see them bringing down Leon. I think Leon's gonna win Probably 2-0, 2-1. Uh, I think Leon's just too strong. They play really well. They've been playing together for a while now, too. Yeah. And so I think that's going to make a difference on the pitch. Yeah, that's the thing about Leon, too. Just like you look at the, the like every player that you look and they're starting to be like, oh, yeah, that guy's been fantastic. Oh, that I mean, it's just like we could continue. I mean, Manessas. Gigliotti, you know, Navarro. I mean, you might, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just, you, Cota, we got to give credit to Cota yeah, too. It's just Cota's like, you, you could go, you, you could name so many players within that roster who have had fantastic seasons. And yeah, you obviously have to give uh, credit to Ambris. And I forget who was, uh, I think it was, uh, who it was from the, from the Leon pod, uh, the Lions Den. So potentially there might be some interest from Ambris in Europe. Who knows? I don't yeah, know if that's yeah. even entirely true, but I mean, you would think that someone like that, should potentially uh, go abroad. I mean, I mean that that would. I mean, it's a little bit of a tangent here, but just like I always think that, yes, I love to see Mexican players go abroad. But oh my god, do we need Mexican managers to go abroad? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's Aguirre and who else? You know, it's like Aguirre. Yeah. Like there, there are no other options. So hopefully, you could potentially see someone like Ambrisco abroad. He's, but he's yeah, the one guy. He's the one guy I feel like could go to Europe and do well because he's so well prepared. He's yeah. very humble. And he's he's well under under pressure. It, when he was at America, he had a pretty pretty sorry squad, and he did yeah. pretty well with them. And he took he took the pressure well. And so I think he's got all the characteristics to be able to make it abroad. And and he's one of those guys that just keeps keeps learning. He hasn't stagnated like like Duca, for example. So I think he if he's if anybody's gonna make the move, it's gonna be Nacho. And I think he'll do well if he does. Yeah, Anthony, your thought, your thoughts on Leon and just Ambris? Yeah, no, Leon. I think they play European soccer. You look at the team, yeah. and you know, uh, Nacho Ambris comes from Spain, right? He's been on coaching staff for Osuna from Atletico Madrid. He's been on those coaching staff, so he knows what it takes. Yeah, I mean, I think Leon has been the best team, and I mean, no one's gonna catch him for sure. I know Tigres, if they weren't giving up those late goals in some other games, you know, they would have been right neck and neck with one another. But Leon has been solid. And a bright side is that Gigliotte finally, you know, I think opens up and finally scores and plays, right? They were doing it kind of yeah. without him. So, yeah. you know, Navarro's been a huge bright spot that gets no love from the Mexican select team. Uh, but he's been really good. This team, like Montes, I, I mean, at the age that he is and producing what he's producing, I know he announced his retirement from the select team, which is, he kind of felt disrespected. But, I mean, that's what happens. But he's playing amazing soccer. Um, on the other hand, you look at Santos, you look at their team. I know Sandoval and Andrade on the left-hand side played very well in this past game. 
But I said, Vieto looked very shaky. I've never seen yeah. him this shaky. And him and Dodi are really getting into it. And the coach also really kind of like, you know, getting on Acevedo's case. Wasn't a really good sprite, bright, bright sp- uh, spot to see. And, you know, Valdez, when he was in there for Santos, they tried to run the offense through him and he wasn't able to produce. Julio Fuchs only has four goals. Um, still not creating too much up top. So, it's, I mean, they have a lot of holes and Leon is just the most solid team in Liga MX. Yeah, you would give it. Ch- I feel like you would give a chance you know, to Santos, to, to, I'm, I'm not going to say all, but like to a number of Liga Mekis teams, you know, just because you have a lot of interesting figures. I mean, you mentioned Acevedo, you know, Julio Forge, who's been doing well. I mean, Gael Sandoval, who's been also fan- fantastic as well. But, you know, I, I know they've had a, a good run of form, but I just feel like it's, it's they can't do this against Leon. Like, there are few <laughs> teams. There are no teams. I'm, I'm even tempted to say there are no teams in Liga Mekis that can really stop what Leon are doing. I mean, you, you just look at the numbers. It's it's pretty simple when you look at the numbers. I mean, they have 11 wins, three draws, one loss. <laughs> you know, they have, you know, they only have 11 goals against. They have, they have 23 four. It's, I mean, Leon are absolutely killing it. And while I, like, I mean, and I think it's a simple just looking at the roster. Yeah, you could look at Santos's roster and be like, oh, you know, Gorian, he's interesting. Lalo Aguirre, like, oh, he could potentially be an interesting striker. Julio Forge, he's doing all right. Acevedo, that's a that's a project of the making. And then you look at Leon's roster, you're just like, well, all of these dudes have been absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Like, all of them have been incredible this season. So, I mean, I, I, I hope to see Santos doing well in the future. And I assume, I mean, with the 22 points that they've had, I mean, you know, maybe they could potentially make a run into the quarterfinals, you know, after that Epechaje, but... Yeah, this has got to be a got to be a win for Leon here. All right, so guys, really quickly, just to close things out, and uh, you know, oddly enough, you know, uh, the first five games that uh, or the, the the first four games that we looked at in the in the pot are actually the last four games, and the first five games of Liga Mekis weekend are the ones that we haven't focused on, <laughs> which I guess is fine. It gives the pod some some longevity, you know. So, Anthony, we'll start with you from. From the games that are that we're looking forward to this league of Mackey's weekend, which we haven't already mentioned, what stands out to you? I know San Luis versus Mazatlan, by the time people are gonna listen to this podcast, it's already gonna be over. But just what stands out to you from this League of Mackey's weekend from the games we haven't looked at yet? I think uh it'd be Toluca and Necaxa, right? Because they're in the lower yeah. half of that, you know, yeah. the nine to twelve spot. So a loss to either one team could kind of see them out, right? And I see Puebla on a lower half team who kind of not the easiest road. I mean, they do face Atlas. And then last, I mean, they could potentially make a jump, right? If one of these teams drops points in the bottom half. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's, I mean, I mean, for me that the consensus is like all these teams are on the, to an extent on the inside looking out, you know, like if you mm-hmm. want to confirm a playoff spot, like what you're looking at, like if you want to, if you, if you're looking at the League of Mackey schedule, you, what you're looking at for the first like batch of games are, are teams that still have so much to prove and still have a chance to qualify for the playoffs. We're looking at the second half, the games that we've talked about, the games that we've highlighted, those are teams that already have essentially have spots to qualify the playoffs. And they're trying to kind of like make a name for themselves, trying to, you know, go into the top four, but the first handful of games, those are teams that if anything, I mean, I hate to say, even though we've been talking about all the other games, these might end up being the most exciting games because they have <laughs> they have teams that it just happens, are right? really 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 trying to qualify for the playoffs. So, Luis, I mean, your 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 thoughts on uh, these these uh, uh, these other uh, five matches that are just kick off the Liga Mekis weekend? 
I'm looking forward to see how Pachuca reacts. They've they've kind of been on the fence for me. Uh, not a great team, but also not terrible. Yeah. Uh, they had a they had a I think they were a bit unlucky last week. So I want to see how they react against the Cholos team that's really struggling right now. And so that's that's a matchup that I'm going to be watching and we'll see what Pachuca shows because I think they're going to be one of the teams in that repechaje that is going to need to battle to get into into a position to to make a run. Most definitely, most definitely. So keeping on those games, like I said, even though we focused on all of the bigger games, I mean, these these games that kick off the weekend might end up being a little bit more exciting because all these teams have so much to prove. But I think uh, that's it for us. We'll, we'll, we'll go to Luis really quick. I mean, Luis, where, where can they follow you in your work? I'm at Tigres underscore English. It's Club Tigres English account. And you can find me tweeting about Tigres there. Most definitely. Most definitely. What about you, Anthony? I'm on Twitter at Anthony E3P. Uh, we're also online for our podcast, so follow us at uh, e- uh, L3 Podcast. There you go. There you go. So that's it from me. Uh, thanks to Luis and Anthony. Thanks to the listeners. Thanks to producer Amy for posting these online. Don't forget to give us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to connect with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Show and on Instagram at the Mexican Soccer Show. Thanks again. And until next time, we'll see you on the next episode. See you guys around. <laughs>